Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. Okay, so latest episode of the Powercast, which we're also actually filming today. Uh, pleasure we've got Dan, so thank you very much for uh, coming along. So Dan Simmons is the latest coach to join CJ Coaching. Uh, he's got a really cool background, he's got a very different uh, sort of set of skills and specialities compared to myself and some of the other coaches on the team. So today, the episode, we're just going to talk through a bit more about Dan, who he is, what he does, his background, which is really cool and inspiring, where he's come from, and where from there. So I'll hand over to you, Dan, give us a brief intro of a one-minute synopsis, and then we'll go from there. Perfect. Yeah, well, I'm Dan. Um, I'm a one-to-one personal trainer. Um, I'm a CrossFit coach. I specialise with people with injuries, mobility issues, fat loss, performance-related stuff as well, bits and pieces like that. Uh, I've got a pretty cool story about myself as well, coming from being hugely overweight to becoming where I am now, which is just, yeah, which is, I think I've got a perfect balance. So, yeah. I think cool. um, that's quite an interesting background, obviously, from, from you being overweight, because I had the same thing when I was younger, and I've yeah. always like, struggled with that in the back of my head a lot. Um, which then can also create poor relationships with food. So, definitely. Like, where where were you in terms of like being overweight when you're younger? Well, I mean, I've been training for 13 years. So ever since I was 17 years old, it's it's always been fitness has always yeah. been part of me. And what I've done with it has been, I don't know, up and down. Yeah. I've, t- I've started isolation stuff and things like this, but I've never. Yeah, nutrition was never big. I used to be a heating engineer for 10 years, so um, calf every single day, <laughs> um, five cans of Coke every single day as well. So, so yeah. full fat Coke. Oh, yeah, definitely full fat Coke. Yeah, why would you ever go anywhere else? But um, so, yeah, I was always training every single day, going you know to the gym in my work clothes. But yeah, the nutrition just wasn't there. And yeah, kept on taking its toll, basically. So over a period of, I'd say, for about six years now, well, six years ago when I lost all the weight, it was just spiraling out of control basically. And yeah, there's a few fat shaming photos lurking about which we can which we can dig up at some point. <laughs> For me, it was just a, a kick up the backside from someone indoors to sort of say, actually sort yourself out and then never look back. And I want to tell the story because I think that people can relate to it a lot. And the wish that I did was I started it sooner. I wish I'd done it a lot sooner. I think everyone could put a sort of say the same. What was you for you like obviously you wish you started sooner. What do you think was the trigger point for you was like I need to fucking get control of this. Yeah obviously the the, the wife now is uh, she gave me a kick like a backside. She started um you know getting more into fitness and nutrition and stuff like that because she's also a PT um and sort of said like you know you're so strong at the gym and you spend so much time at the gym but you know your nutrition's just you can't out train a bad diet and it yeah. literally was the opposite it was spiraling out of control so um yeah that was that was the point to do it and you know what like i say to a lot of my clients now i lost all that weight without even tracking a single macro it was just knowing looking at food and saying well that's shit and that's good let's eat the good stuff and less it's of the bad sensible stuff. yeah 100 percent. and then obviously i lost a you know load of weight um i was over 100 kilos and i'm 75 kilos now so 25 percent of your body yeah weight. exactly and it sort of it, it became easy like at the start it was tough like mindset but then it became easy, and then it's sort of you get on these little avenues. You just sort of say, right, well, I've, I've dug in now. I've lost this amount. Let's let's go a bit further. Let's go a bit further. And then along the way, you find things that open up to you now because you see things differently. You're, you're fitter. You're able to do this. You're able to do that. You know. And it's um, yeah. Wish I'd done it sooner. So that's what I relate. That's what I say to everyone now is just get on it. Just do it. Take action. Why? Um, what do you think was causing you to procrastinate for so long for taking control of it? Not too sure to be honest. With you. I mean, obviously the work. 
the work environment was definitely one. You know, being a tradesman, cold in the winter it's, and it's things very like much that. that environment it's, junk yeah, food definitely. Petrol station food. Yeah, hundred percent. If you're on the road and obviously it's warm calves in the winter and things like that, which is great. I mean, I still love a calf now. Don't get me wrong, but everything within moderation. And I think it's just. Yeah, I just never found really a groove of it, you know. I never knew what I really wanted to do with fitness. I love training. Like, I love training. There's never been a day where I don't want to train. Like, I always want to train. But I just, I never really had a goal with it. I sort of was just ticking over week by week, month by month. And obviously, yeah, I was getting stronger. But actually, the weight was going on at the same time as well. So it was a bit of a, yeah, it was counterproductive. I think it's a slippery slope, though. I think what you yeah. already said in terms of people. It loses control, you know. Oh. You don't realise. Like, you look back now and you look it at photos. escalates. And you're like, whoa, I was that big shit. Like, yeah. you know, that's pretty bad, you know. And, um, you know, there's, there's there's not issues now, but, like, there's 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 problems that has happened with food. For for example, now I want to, I need to put on a bit more muscle and a bit more size, but I'm scared of putting on weight, yeah. you know what I mean? There's this category of this this how much I weigh now is what I want to weigh and I don't want to get any heavier and I don't want to get any lighter so, and it's it's a bit of a mind fuck that I want to um, I've got to put on a little bit at some point to, to progress and that, that is a very very difficult quandary and I have exactly the same challenges in particular yeah. sometimes with like the pressures or sometimes the social media stuff like that people are too afraid to get yeah. away from where they are like yeah. you have to be realistic with and I have this lot of clients who are trying to put on like if they want to put on a lot of muscle mass like realistically you're not going to stay shredded and yeah. put on five kilos no, definitely. you got you got to accept it and you know what would you want from it yeah like, what, what's yeah. the end goal yeah what's the end goal like you know if you want to step on stage and yeah we got you got to take a different approach but i consider myself a sort of like an average guy yeah um and that's where i relate to a lot of my clients is that yeah i'm not this you know bodybuilder i'm not you know the best crossfit in the world but actually i'm just an average person which a lot of people can relate to yeah. and it's like well actually you can be average you can be pretty good and you can you can thrive and have goals and, and achieve them you know like yeah i do compete in crossfit not at the highest level but for me i'm always trying to better myself and it's like mini goals like that that i think people don't just want to people shouldn't just look at social media and be like well i need to be as good as that no yeah. set your own realistic goal and be as good as that yeah you know i get clients that come to me as well that want to get in shape i'm like well yeah but how in shape do you want to get and they're like well i've seen this person on instagram and facebook i'm like yeah but you ain't never gonna look like that your genetics are not like yeah. made like that let's make a goal for you and achieve it and actually get it yeah. because otherwise you're just going to get disheartened it's never going to you're never going to achieve you're anything. chasing the impossible you're chasing the impossible and that's the problem with the social media and stuff these days and that's why i consider myself as the average guy who's just yep yeah, i love food yeah i've got a good balance of it now i can do what i want yeah i do enjoy myself but do you know what when i go into the gym i kill it like that's my main goal is to go and smash it so yeah i think it's, i've got the perfect balance now i'd say so that's um in terms of like your obviously your achievements in terms of like crossfit what initially got you into that sort of world there's a funny story because um, there used to be a Reebok shop in Bluewater, the shopping centre by us, and um, I wanted to set of gloves. I just liked these gloves, and I didn't know they were CrossFit gloves. And I went to pay for them, the bloke was like, oh, do you do CrossFit? And I was like, no, what's that? And he's like, do you not know what CrossFit is? I was like, no. I went straight home. This was five years ago, right? Um, I went straight home, Googled CrossFit, and I was like, fuck, this is amazing. What is this? So then it took me a while to find a CrossFit gym because they're quite... Obviously, it's a completely different yeah. background to you. They're quite far a few between CrossFit yeah. gyms. So I ended up finding one in Guildford, joined there. And it was good, but it, from what I watched on YouTube and on, on Google, it wasn't what I thought it was. And maybe, that I don't know, just a bunch of people down there, it was what it was. So then I found the one where I'm at now, where I coach now, where yeah. I work. Um, and it was just banter. It was a right laugh and absolutely just killing every workout. So yeah, five years ago, I found CrossFit. And then that took me down that next avenue with my fitness. So prior to that, I'd lost a lot of weight, hell of a lot of weight. And then since then, I've probably lost another seven or eight kilos just from doing CrossFit 
not the workout style with him, but the relationship with CrossFit mm-hmm. it involves. It involves, yeah, you have to eat well because if you don't eat well, you're going to perform shit. Yeah. So you've got to weigh out the balance and, oh, I had a crap workout today. Why'd you do that? Oh, because I ate that. So you, it makes you want to eat better food. But yeah, five years ago, I was like, this is, this is me. Like, this is something that I can work in. And I'm quite lucky because I'm quite short which a lot of CrossFitters are quite short. You know, if you're the giant, it's, you've, you've got, got to have lips, the right balance. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, and I found that I picked it up quite quick because I've coached a lot of people now and they struggle for a long time, like learning the movements. Whereas for me, I pretty much picked them all up just like that because I had strength. Yeah. So that was quite, that was yeah, a good thing. That was a good thing. The foundation was there. It was almost already there. So then I was like, right, well, let's just dive into this a little bit. So it was funny because I joined this CrossFit gym in, in Wallingham where I am now in Catrum. And um, within a month, I'd already signed up to my first comp. I got spoke, talked into it one of the other guys because they were teammate down. I've only been doing it for a month. So yeah, I got dived into my first CrossFit competition of two days. It was a two-day event over in Aldershot. Um, yeah, I died. It was, it was good fun. It was a team one. So when you're in a team, you can almost... You're not okay, yeah. but you can, you can rely on other people's strengths and weaknesses and bits and pieces like that. So it worked out quite well. Um, but yeah, so that's how it all started five years ago. I think probably for you, that's probably was another big trigger point in terms of having like an actual physical goal or something to work yeah, towards like, rather than you're just training for the sake of training. Yeah, 100%. That was the day it just clicked before. Actually, I'm, I'm not just training for myself here. I'm actually part of a team for once. And that, that I, I talk about this now, is that I never, if you'd have said to me 13 years ago, what do you think you'd be doing? Because I was just an average person and I was overweight, I thought I would never be competing in a, in a, in a physical sport where it's fitness related. Yeah. I couldn't run for a bus back then, you know? It was like... I literally couldn't run. And now all of a sudden I'm like, I'm doing this sort of competition where it's, you, you know, you've got to push yourself. And then that's it. Now, then all of a sudden I'm completely competitive now. And, I'm, you know. But do you find for our, our interests, so like, I'm a very competitive person, like, generally, like, that's come from sports and competing, all these other various things. Do you find, like, that from CrossFit carried over into other areas of your life? And yeah, definitely now. How, yeah, definitely how. I, I, I look at things a lot differently now. Um, yeah, everything's a challenge now. Yeah. But I just, yeah, I think it, yeah, good question actually. Yeah, completely switched up my my vision on things. More so you can do this and you yeah. can do that. More of a can attitude, yeah. Because back then I was like, well, okay, I'm, you know, I can't do that because of this, because of that. Now it's like, no, fuck it, I'll do it now. That's quite, well, also we spoke about briefly before we start recording, that uh, like the difference in cultures, obviously I've just come back from the US and you spent a lot of time yeah. there, how they have very much that can-do growth mindset. Yeah, definitely. Traditionally, a lot of Europeans are like, ooh, don't get out of your box yeah. and try something yeah. different. I mean, I, I, some people say to me, like, oh, I don't like the you know the way the Yanks are and things like that, but I love it. Like, everyone's got enthusiasm. Everyone's yeah. got a goal. Everyone's got they a go drive. Yeah. Even whether it's business-related or they're on this nutrition plan, yeah. yeah, it could be the wrong one, but actually they're, so into, they're, it. they're yeah. so into it. Like, yeah. they're, they're giving it 100%. And, like, you go into the supermarkets, you know what it's like, and you've got so much variance. Yeah, you can eat the shit food, but yeah. actually, all the healthy food and all the good foods in there fresh Whereas we go to our local supermarket and you've got to cipher through the shit to actually find the good stuff. It's yeah. like, it's more of the bad than the good, yeah. which I find, yeah, that's what I love about the Amer- America. And I think, yeah, definitely would love to live there one, you know, one day. I think it was quite, it's quite interesting as well. It's, it's interesting and terrifying at the same time, telling where you go, how, like say a lot of the menus, for example, have all the calories listed yep. and like, they have like, say for example, one of the restaurants I went to like a couple of days ago, had like a sodium warning on pretty much everything. Yep. If you, that, that one meal or whatever you're ordering has more than your entire day's allowance yep. of sodium for the day. Like you, so, you suddenly realise how much processed shit there is in some of the Definitely. food when it's actually labelled on the menu. This is the thing as well, though. You've got all these labels on foods, but I don't think the government in this country is doing enough to tell people what they mean. But a lot of it's a bit of a con anyway, because they put like a stupid traffic-like system, whatever it's called, and they do it like per serving, but they'll yep. say like, I don't know, like some, something is per serving, but they'll make it actually like a quarter yep. of it. So say, for example... 
you buy like, a steak and kidney pie from M&S, which one person probably eat the whole thing. Of course. They'll say a serving is like half or quarter of it, yeah. and that's what the calories and yeah. the fat that advertises, but it's just it's completely evening. misleading. It's yeah. But then also you get, a, you get a steak which is high in fat in, mm. a, in a red traffic light system, yeah. so someone who's edu- uneducated will look at that and think, oh, that's bad yeah, for me. Yeah, I can't me. eat that. Well, you know, why is that bad for you? Like, you know, you, there's not enough... This is the problem I, I have these days is about the government is they don't educate. It's not necessarily the government, it's it's everyone out there, but they don't educate how no. to read them. Yeah, let's put more let's put more um, warning labels on food, but let's not tell anyone what they mean. Yeah. It's like, let's just educate What's the thought to, process. Let's just like? educate someone how to read something yeah. and then go from there. It doesn't really make much sense. And there's no carbs in it either and things like that. And obviously everyone thinks carbs are the enemy and there's a massive yeah. debate about that. That, that is like the biggest and obviously there's the whole now this whole like, people having fights about, it, isn't it? Like yeah. you know, it's carbs bad and things like that. And it's one of those things like you know, as I did, there's no, you should never ban any one macronutrient from your, your body's exactly. designed to use everything. Exactly. People use them differently, but then that should be down to you to find out what you work and best how, how your genetics. But we live in a day and age of extremes. Everyone's saying, yeah. oh, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this. Let's do that. And that's what I find fascinating. Even like particularly now, now obviously January, so there's crap about like veganuary and like, What's the, the point? Dry January. It's like, the point? If you, what, what is the point of doing an entire month of taking something away from your diet or your lifestyle just to resume it again from February anyway. It's exactly. So the dry January, for what I don't drink alcohol, so I'm, I'm fine. It doesn't, doesn't bother me at all. I try everyone. For me, I, I hear a lot of people do it and a few of my clients are doing it and I feel, they feel amazing from it. But then I say to them, well, does that not make you want to not drink alcohol? And they're like, oh, no, on, on February the 1st, I'm going out on the piss. I'm like, well, what's the point in doing it then? I just don't yeah. understand. Yeah, everything is just, it needs to be just scaled down a bit. And we live in it like extremes. Everything's extreme. Yeah. If you're going out, you don't have to have 100. You right. can just have one. Yeah. People used to funny said that because people used to look at me funny, uh, say funny things to me years ago when I was, um, I had two gym memberships at the time. They're like, oh, my God, you're paying so much for gym membership. I'm like, yeah. So would you go out on the weekend drinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Friday, Saturday. Well, how much do you spend? Oh, you know, two, three hundred quid. I said, well, it's less than my gym, you know, monthly membership. Oh, yeah. Didn't think about that. It's like, well, yeah, that's just my, just my thing, you know. And people say to me, like, my wife's quite into fitness as well. They say, oh, you know, all you do is eat, sleep, and drink fitness. You say, well, that's just our thing. Like, what's wrong with trying to want to live longer? That's all. That's ultimately what I want to do. Right, I want to live longer, and I want to have some fun during along the way. So yeah, yeah, people just work out. But the people who often will put people down for doing something like that or being like fitness is their thing. Yeah, the ones that can't actually do it. Because they're envious that they yeah. know they can't do yeah, it. Yeah, they can't do it. They haven't got the mindset for it. Yeah, they're, they're either addicted to the wrong things in yeah, life. 100%. or and, and that's like, I don't know if you see, you've probably seen this well in the past where, say for example, if you've got a couple, and I get it all the time with clients, like the guy will make shit tons of progress, lose his weight, look incredible. Yep. And then his missus will start giving him grief about it yep. because she feels inferior because he suddenly improves his life 100%. so much. You should look at it that way. You should look. I, I look at everyone. I want. I want everyone to do well. Yeah. I want everyone around me to thrive. You lift like, those around you. Yeah, hundred percent. And I just think that's something needs. Something needs to be talked about in that relationship. If that. If that's the issue, something needs to be spoken yeah. about in that relationship. I'm not a relationship. There's an answer. underlying issue. But there, there is yeah. an underlying issue there. You know, if someone's got trust issues and things like that, that that's well, that's something that needs to go a little bit deeper than him trying to get a fit and you trying yeah. to not get a fit. You know, we, me and Jay both do it together. Like we love it. Um, and it's yeah, you've got to find that balance. And yeah, it's funny that people get envious about it though. But it's common. Like I see it all the time. It's the same. Like. Like but then what happens is that, that also that, that sometimes triggers that person to stop doing it. Yeah, it sabotages. Yeah, it sabotages it. And then they, they have this constant up and down of mm. getting on it and then getting back on it. And it's, Yo-yo yeah. diet and the missus is putting like a dominoes in front of them and trying to like set up. And it's the other way around though as well. Yeah. The other guys are just... Oh, like, 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, to be fair, I think guys 
maybe even worse to be fair I don't know it's, it's it's a funny funny one but I agree with you that I think there's definitely a lot more underlying issues within relationships if that sort of thing's going on but it's the same thing you see part parcel over and again yeah. just human I mean behavior. I train I, I train a, a, a quite a few couples I've got four or five couples that I train together yeah um and you know what? Actually, PT and them together has brought their relationship closer together mm. because they're all... They're, it's like a unified goal. Yeah, they're finding something that they've never endured before together. They've never trained together. They're seeing one another push each other. They're seeing them both get results. Like, this is amazing. Like Our relationship has gone to the next level from having one-to-one yeah. PT. So it works both ways. It's really good. It's quite nice, actually. It's. Um, I think not enough couples necessarily train together. I don't think all couples would do it because they'd probably kill each other. Like, no, definitely. Like me and Charlotte wouldn't work. Um, <laughs> like I think that more so. Me and Jay work for the, for the for the opposite reason. You would kill each other because you wouldn't get on doing it. Whereas yeah. me and Jay kill each other because we push each other yeah. too much. She starts trying to battle me. That's what she tries to do. She tries to well, I'm going to do more than you. And then she tries to start to outrun me because she started doing a bit of crossfit now as well. She starts trying to outrun me, and I'm like, well, 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 this is not happening now. <laughs> then they get the competitive. But that's that's what you in. need, though. It's yeah, like, definitely. Um, it's a good good competitive nature to have within a relationship. Yeah, definitely, definitely. With, obviously, like you and Jade, for example, obviously work together, train together a lot. Do you have any tips for anyone within that scenario in terms of making it work? Obviously, you guys make it work supremely well. Yeah, I think we do. I mean, both having it as as a job, we both got our sort of niches that we work with. It it can be tricky at times, but you've got to find that that balance that um, she taps into certain people's mine's a little bit different to, yeah. to me because she's a woman she can tap into women's but I can also work with women as well so sometimes yeah. it's nice to have my approach what tips can I give? Would you say that communication is a big point? That, yeah communication um, definitely like if you've got like a goal for example I think probably like just a, like say for example I find a lot of time like clients when they're doing a diet or whatever reason like the first thing I say to them is explain to everyone like around you why you're doing this so yeah. then they'll support you so yeah. they understand the why behind yeah. it then they'll be a lot more supportive and yeah, less of a sabotage. Yeah, issue. definitely. You, you need to do that. You need to explain to people, like, this is what I'm doing, this is why I'm doing it. And actually, that's funny that me and Jade do work on well together is that if she's having a little bit of trouble with certain clients, she can say to me, I would reckon you should do in that situation. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, I can say, try this, try that. Yeah. And it's my approach is, might be slightly different to hers. And all of a sudden, she's tapped into something and that person's got results then. But yeah, definitely, everyone needs to be on board when you're about to start something, definitely. And I think that's definitely uh, was an interesting point there as well, to be fair. It's about sharing knowledge. And that's, yeah. again, like, why bring you that's the thing. That's the thing we do. That's the thing it's me and Jay do most. And the, the yeah. more knowledge you have across like a team of people, yeah, definitely. The more different inputs you have. So, for example, if I've got clients struggling with something, or you've got clients yeah. struggling with something, we can ask each other and get different people's inputs in terms of is there anything we haven't thought of that might solve exactly. Problem. And that's the thing as well about being a coach and being a being a trainer is that I'm, I don't know everything. No. And you've got to be open minded to that. Yeah, 100%. Like no one knows everything is possible. If, if someone goes in there and says I know everything, then you know, they're, nothing, they're, yeah. you know nothing basically. You need to pull on some people sometimes during your life to say, actually, can you help me out of this? Yeah. Or what do you little think what do you think of this? Like, you know, I can pick your brains now, which is quite cool being on board, yeah. and you can pick my brains, which is quite nice. But for me, for the past sort of three, four years, just been me and Jay picking each other's brains, which is quite good. But yeah, definitely being open to actually somebody could know more than you or someone might have a better approach. Yeah, and everyone has their own specialised niches, like my knowledge of CrossFit is like zero. There's very, very little. Well, we're going to do a CrossFit workout. Oh, yeah. I so, like, <laughs> said to you, uh, Holly, uh, who's obviously one of the other coaches, is big into CrossFit. Um, I've never done a CrossFit workout, neither has Mike. So, like, Mike is my goal is basically just destroy Mike and then beat him. And then uh, my, my goal is to destroy all of you. So, <laughs> I reckon I'll be right on the strength stuff. It's my like, my like anaerobic threshold like aerobically is about a minute and then I'm done oh okay so. alright I'll make sure I plan it longer than a minute then yeah I've yourself. got like a one I think the way we row indoor rowing competition like three years in a row on, on the row for under a minute 
<laughs> I, I want to go over a minute, I die and then crash, but anything under a minute. Yeah, I'm no, it's go. good. I mean, that's that's one aspect of the CrossFit I like is, and especially coaching people, is seeing them progress, is because they can come in there and do nothing, and all of a sudden, in three months' time, they can progress so much more. And I think that's what I like about the CrossFit is the functionality of it as well. Yeah. A lot of people are just getting better for life. Yeah. Like they're coming in there not to compete, not to try and brag or anything like that. They just want to get moving better. Yeah. And through CrossFit, they can actually just do that because of the movements that they're getting taught. Mm. And because it's in a class environment, they're working with people, they're working with friends, they all become friends, they all have a laugh, they all have a bit of banter. And yeah, they're just getting better at life. They don't want to compete, they're not interested no. in lifting heaviest weights, but actually they say, oh, well, I can walk the dogs better now and I can get up off the sofa better now because yeah. I've started doing this. And that's, that's, that's better than everything. Well, right? that's life-changing. Yeah, 100%. In terms of obviously life-changing and longevity is one of the things. Obviously you specialise a lot in like mobility and yeah. bits and pieces like that. Do you have any general advice that you'd give for that? Because you have a lot of people, like, in my opinion, you should never ever get injured in the gym. It's a controlled no. environment. Yeah, and definitely. too many people all the time I see hurt themselves by poor technique yep. or being a bit reckless, probably using too much weight in poor form. Do definitely. you have any sort of statements? I mean there's a time people? there's a time for it, isn't there? Like being reckless sometimes, if you've got the if you've got the skill there a little bit yeah. and you want to push yourself a little bit, go. That's that's good for you, right? You need mm. to get into that mindset of you can push. But actually everything needs to be Make sure you're doing things yeah, perfectly. Right. So a lot of the word gets floated about at the moment is mobility. I did a little post on it the other day. Is actually, you know, everyone's got the mobility. If I was to knock you out, for example, yeah. I could fold you in half. So yeah. you can get yourself there. It's lack of skill. So people need to be with that skill. So when someone comes in and says, oh, I haven't got this mobility in my ankles, I can't squat. I'm like, well, actually, I can get you there. Well, what do you mean? Well, I can just build skill. You haven't had enough time in that squat position around different movements, no. doing it in different planes, doing it in different angles, doing it with different tempos. We can get there. And they're like, yeah, but I can't get it. Look, you can get there. It's all skill. Everything is down to skill. And depending on someone's skill level, depending on, yeah, how far you should be pushing yourself. I think it's one of those things as well, like people often become strong in certain ranges of movement, but they're very weak in others. So yeah, for example, like bottomers of squats, yep. for example, they'll explode out the bottom yep, of it, so they have no control there. No, exactly. And that for me is like where I look to like now, I will use a lot less weight with everything, but yep. I will look to have perfect control everywhere and almost try and focus on wherever I'm weakest, try and spend more time there, definitely. stronger there, that's, that's where the most like grow is. Definitely, and that's what I do with my own training, you know, we find weak spots. You know, I'll, I'll practice tempo in the bottom, I might be four seconds in the hole, it's horrible. I feel like yeah. I'm going to blow up. But, but that, that style of training is so much work, like more painful yeah. than just throwing a weight from A to B because the actual Anyone could do that. time you're contracting like the muscle is so much longer. And, like, the argument I have with people as well with um, people who just throw weight from A to B, like great, but if you actually think about it logically in terms of contracting muscle tissue, if you're, say for example, a uh, bench press exploding from the bottom, yeah. you're actually really only contracting at the bottom range of yeah, motion because exactly. you've got momentum and inertia that's going to exactly. carry you through everything else. That's why when you do powerlifting competitions, they hold, they get you to pause it there for one yeah. second, they want a complete dead stop. And if you lose tension at that bottom of that position, you ain't getting it back up, no, so you you're need gone. that tension at the bottom. So yeah, I think there's a, there's everyone needs to, to learn a bit of control with a little bit, and I think a lot of ego gets the better of people. I mean, it all depends on what your ultimate goal is, right? I mean, if you're going in there just to train, then yeah, I think no one should be, you shouldn't be out of form ever. No. If you're just going in there just to train, just to get fit, just to get healthy, then yeah, you shouldn't be out of control. If you're training for a specific sport, then definitely you might have to be in there. Yeah, athletic performance. 100%. We're being CrossFit. You know, when we're trying to hit PRs and things like that, they're ugly, but they're not supposed to look good because no. they're PRs. You've yeah. never lifted that weight before. So, but the time when you hit that, but you're not going to try and do that every week. No, you're I train. I train. I said I train every day about eighty to eighty-five percent of my capacity every single day. That little hundred percent, ninety-five hundred percent, you only tap into every six months. I'd say so. It's interesting. I did a I went on a seminar with Scott Stevenson, who's who's actually been on podcast as well. And he, for example, gave example of um, a clinical study in terms of like 
uh, rep loading, so like your one rep max. And said, well, once you go over eighty five percent, you physically cannot con- consciously control any exactly. muscle tissue because all you're thinking about is fight or flight responses, not get crushed and just move this yep. from A to B so you don't die. Exactly, and then that comes down to your mindset and your fight or flight response on yep. how how much you you want it. Yeah. Because if someone hasn't quite got it upstairs, if their mindset's yeah. not quite right, you're never going to hit it. No, no. So that's that's another area which I love is is the mindset part of it because especially with mobility, a lot of it is mindset. Someone's been told they can't do that, so all of a sudden they got it stuck in the back of their head that that's it, I can't do that no more. You need to get out of that mindset. It's all psychological. Mm. And that's it's kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, 100%, isn't? and that's where I'm quite lucky because I've got a unique way of my clients that I, t- I make them feel confident. Well, I think I do anyway. Yeah. I try to make them feel confident. I give them stuff to do. I will give them movements to do. They, they're doing something, but actually I'm looking at something else. You know, I've got a client at the moment who's got knee injuries and I'll be getting her to do movements which involve her shoulders, but actually I'm looking at where her knee's going. Yeah. And without her knowing about it, she's locking her knee out, which she can't actually she's never been able to do for six months. But it's subconscious because she thinks she's well, she consciously thinks she's doing it. She thinks by putting that up there, going yeah. up onto her tiptoes, actually she's doing a shoulder movement, yeah. but she's not sure I'm looking at her knee. Yeah. And people go, Oh, what are you doing there then? I was well, you know, looking at something else. And that's just techniques I've learned because I want to go down the avenue, I want to help people, you know. I think that's um it's definitely that's ultimately what I'm in this job for. I want to help as many people as I can. And again, that's where it comes to like longevity. And I think knowing from experience how, I don't know if manipulate the right word, but how to almost like play people against themselves. Because human exactly nature is. is people people will believe something because they're told something from a GP, physio, or whatever, that yeah, you, you, should, you shouldn't lift weights, you shouldn't do X, Y, Z. Um, and then they'll take it as gospel when yep. they're like 99% of the time, that's complete BS. Like if you want to do something, you can do it, but you just need to find a way to do it 100% I mean that's what a lot of people say out there when you're injured don't do nothing rest what's rest going to do that's the most retarded thing what's rest going to do just keep moving but move differently but almost like if you're injured and then you rest the mental frustration from that alone will cause so much more detriment than anything because any gains that you have made are just going to go as well at the same time so when you come back to it all of a sudden you're starting from square one again I just don't see the point in that at all and even like for, for that's probably the most common advice that's given with any injury and like scientifically it's proven for example if you had say like torn ligaments say on your left knee yep. if you went and trained your right leg it actually prevents muscle atrophy on the left leg uh, from signaling through your nervous system but like your normal NHS for example physio is not going to tell you that because they're not allowed to even if they did no. did have the knowledge because they're kept in their remit of like this is, yeah, it's, it's where everything's a bit one-sided isn't it mm. it's, it's but I think in this day and age everyone is trying to look outside the box a little bit everyone is People are not scared of recruiting their own physios. No. And now that's why all of a lot of sudden, you know, we've got a physio that we work with and he's, you know, to the point like, yeah, do this, do that. And yeah, he does encourage us to rest a little bit more than what we should, but do I listen to it? 50-50. Because but, but that's like you, you are the master of your own body. You yeah, know your own I know how I feel. anyone else. Yeah, 100%. And that's what a lot of people need to understand as well. They need to understand their body. They shouldn't compare themselves to others and think, well, you know, he can do 100 reps. Well, yeah. I can only do 50. Like, no. Go within your own means, like don't try and push yourself too much. That's where injury normally happens, is when people try to go beyond something that they're actually, they got lack, they got lack of skill in basically. And it's funny, you, have you ever had any serious injuries? Uh, no, I, I get a bit of tendonitis every now and then. Yeah. Um, I tore the ligaments in my foot once at work, that wasn't anything fitness related, but no, generally I, I stay pretty healthy, I'm quite lucky, touch wood, because um, yeah, I'm pretty injury free to be fair, how about you? The, I had a few from rugby when I was younger. The only gym-related one I had, which always sticks in my memory, is I tore my hamstring uh, on a hamstring curl. And I remember warming up, and I was doing like single-leg hamstring curls, and I remember thinking, oh, this feels a bit off. <laughs> and I literally remember thinking, oh, fuck it, just do it. And like, then it just literally went off like a shotgun. Yeah. And it was literally like I could have cried a fucking like, <laughs> walk. 
and I had to sit in an ice bath every day for about two weeks. Um, so what did you do, rehab it? How did you do that? Literally, like in terms of rehabbing that, which literally I've got deep tissue on it, acupuncture, yep. yep. ice bath. Ice bath was the biggest game changer really? to get the inflammation out of it. It's funny to look at because research shows that um, ice bathing doesn't actually do nothing. It's all psychological. But then it's I just quite, quite, quite like that because actually psychologically, if it makes you feel better, do it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of things, like, studies out there now that say, oh, don't do this and don't do that because it's proven not to do anything. But actually, if that means that you can have a better workout because you do X, Y, and Z before you train, then do it. I'm one of those things, like, I take all research sometimes with a pinch of salt because you need to find anecdotal evidence of 100%. What? You need to find out who's funding that, that research style. Because there's always an agenda. Of course there is. Always. There's always someone that wants to prove something wrong or mm. so you, to sell you yourself. Like, yeah, 100%. So that's why, that's why I look at things and be like, you know, like foam rolling. Okay, sometimes it's not proven to do much, but you know what? If you feel better before it, if you like do it, it, do it. That's what it should be. Like, if it feels better for you, then do it. Mm. Not try, try it. it. Yeah, exactly. Try it 100%. Try it. The other thing I say in terms of like coming back from the injury, I remember which a lot of people struggle with injuries um, coming back from it. It was trying to get back into training legs again. I remember it, very, it just felt bizarre, but I remember I was literally what I did was come to leg press. Start on the machine, no weight, like yeah. just a, like a normal sled. And I was like, okay, that's fine. It feels a bit like feels a bit funny. Not funny, but felt tight. Yeah, yeah it was fine. Put a twenty plate on. I did ten reps, fine. Put another twenty plate on. Just keep going up until like it started to work a bit, and then almost from doing that, like and getting to fire again, it managed to get the tension to drop out. I got the range of motion back yeah. into the muscle, which I think a lot of people are too afraid to necessarily go back in and train something. 100%. And my approach is always. Like go back in, tr- start start something like as light as possible. Yep. That doesn't hurt. Okay, add a little bit of weight. That yep. doesn't hurt. Add a little bit more, and then go to the point where you're doing like you're training sixty to seventy percent, so you can feel it working within reason. Definitely, and then call it a day from there, yep. and then come back next week and try and go a little 100%. bit more. And then what I would say there is six weeks down the line when it doesn't, you know, it's not bothering you anymore. Forget about it. Well, you, you will just naturally yep. forget about it. Forget it just happens. But that's what a lot of people do now. Is I get a lot of people. Well, I've had this injury. Oh, has it give you any grief recently? Oh no, not for about two years. Well, you and the way talk yet. about it. Haven't got an injury no yeah. more then. That's what people do. They're like, oh no, I've got it's in your brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what the psychological, psychological scar is. Definitely, yeah. So people need to break down their barriers. That I'm a big believer in. If I if I ever get injured, if I if I have a niggle in my, like my tennis elbow, for example, a bit of tendonitis. So in terms of your tendonitis issues with like your elbows, anything in particular tr- trigger that? Uh, squats. If I hold a lot of tension in the squat, like from an overhead squat. No, not overhead squat. Barbell actually, normally barbell back squat. Yeah. If I hold my back position, I'll create this tension right here. And I know Do when you I've consciously done. try and pull the bar down to you when you're doing that? Yeah. Yeah, engage lats, pull the bar down. Um, I wear wrist straps to help with it now because I get a lot of tension in my wrist as well. But yeah, I just create that tension there. Do you know what? It hasn't actually given me any grief for a long time at the moment. Um, but it has done before. Yeah, that when I, I needed to get better at squats and I did a lot of squatting and it just created a bit of aggravation there. But it's actually all right now. So I think you can out-train something, you know, the more, you need to learn what's triggering it. So I knew that the tension it's normally, was causing, it's normally a movement pattern that's off. Yeah, 100%. Or tightness so maybe, Yeah, I was, I was changing positions with hands and things like that, and I was finding that that was helping. So I think tendonitis is a big one for a lot of people. A lot of people can get it from just overworking it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you need, you need to build a condition with the muscle, but you also need to enter, know when to ease off and to tame it back a little bit, then go back into training. And a lot of that is just can be like inflammation within the body, which yeah. like, for example, I find a hell of a lot from like traveling, my body gets inflamed and also my body hates processed junk foods. So yeah. as soon as like I have any junk food, my, I get water retention, yeah, joints feel shit and like- Yeah, ultimately it can apart. come down to nutrition and things like that, yeah, because obviously if you eat a lot of inflammatory foods, then it's not gonna help you, is it? 
So some of the things that I find work really well in terms of reducing that, and I do notice a difference with my joints, it would be like in terms of supplements, curcumin would be one. Yep. Uh, CBD oil I'm a big fan of. Yep. And then like supplements aside, I'm a big fan of using uh, like ice packs, say like my knee sometimes. Yep. Like, like you know, you were talking about repetitive motions. Yep. Like I've been using a stepper a lot and I find like my hips getting tight and now it's gone into my knee, which is yep. now causing almost like tendonitis there, which constantly feels gotcha. a bit sore. Yeah. Um, which again, for me, is like an issue, like a challenge to try and fix. Um, but where I would be avoid like from my style of training would be to use something like knee wraps, which a lot of people will use something like that to maybe mask the issue, uh, which is great. Okay, you can try, like if it facilitates, if it's the point where you can't train, great, use them, but I wouldn't use something like a knee sleeve unless you actually had to, because yeah, definitely. you're almost weakening the joint and then you're asking for a bigger problem. In yeah, 100%. Opinion. So a lot of the way I train things is, um, I do have knee sleeves, I have lifting shoes. But for like your big lifts, if you're going for like- Well, this is the thing, because I don't necessarily agree with that too much because I, w I don't want to put a lid on anything. So mm. when I go to do my max lifts, I don't necessarily want to do it with my shoes, my sleeves, yeah. my belt, everything on. I want to challenge things in different areas. So, you know, one day I want to go heavy with no sleeves yeah. on because I want to feel what it yeah. feels like. So I know that I don't have to rely on things. Like, I might do a whole squat cycle with no belt. Yeah. I might just say, right, this, this whole squat cycle is going to be beltless because I want to challenge myself in that environment. It's funny you say that because I've started trying to do a lot more uh, training on which that side, trying not to use my weightlifting belt as much and trying to focus, say, a lot more and like actually like contracting through my core and using my yeah, diaphragm creating, like that, creating your own belt yeah, yeah creating my yeah. anchor within yeah. so I'm not subconsciously like yeah because a lot of people rely on that belt too much they feel like they put their belt on they can push against it and mm. all of a sudden they've created that core that tension great but can you do that without the belt yeah, yeah definitely that's 100% why I do it because I think in a workout environment, I might not be able to put my belt on. I might have to be doing other movements, whereas that belt could be uncomfortable. So I need to know that actually I can do it without having to rely on things. I like them there. I like the assist. I like the aids. They're great. And when, yeah, sometimes you want it's to... It's a time and a place. Yeah, 100%. That's what a lot of people do. They're like, got all these wraps, got all this belt. All the gear. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like, honestly, I can just... Yeah, you need to... You, I, I believe in challenging yourself, different variation as much as you can, sometimes with your shoes on, sometimes with your sleeves on, sometimes with nothing, sometimes bare feet. For a but squat it's squat. almost like feeling the variables so yeah, you can understand how that feels. Yeah, because you know that you could do a squat, for example, and you think, well, actually, I felt a bit better in that position because yeah. I didn't have that on. And, you know, these shoes are on, I was doing it barefoot, and I could really feel the floor with my feet. Yeah. Like, doing that and actually thinking about spreading your knees out as you're yeah. coming up out of that squat... Oh, I've never felt that before. Well, yeah, that's what you should be trying then. That's what you should be working on. I think too many people get married to the idea of like, you need to have sleeves, you need to do all this stuff. Whereas I think if, if that works... Yeah, you do know, you know the real honesty? The only reason I wear my sleeves is when I do lunges, walking lunges, and it hurts my knee to bash it on the floor. That'd be the that's only not, reason. That'd be the only not, reason. That's not a bad shot, to be fair. Yeah, because when you know, if I do have to do a wad environment and I have to do a wad, I will bash my knee off that floor and I don't want to bugger it up. So that's yeah. the only reason I really wear my sleeves. You'll need to be fair when it's in that bent position, so vulnerable in terms yeah. of tissue that's opened up. Exactly. So um, yeah, that's one of the only re that's only running scenarios where I wear my sleeves. In terms of like um, recovery from your workouts and like say the CrossFit stuff, yep. quite aggressive. Do you have any particular methods you use personally or anything different? Eat well. Eat the quality of food is definitely a big factor. If you eat shit, you're gonna feel like shit. So I make a big implement now of making sure I'm fueling myself with the best food I can find, whether that be going to the butchers, yeah. trying to find the best fruit and vegetables. I don't eat much fruit to be fair. Uh, vegetables, yeah, a lot of anti-inflammatory foods and things like that. I take omegas, turmeric, vitamins. Yeah, I just I think the I think just the quality of it and making sure you're getting enough. Yeah. It depends what you want to get out of the 
your results. You know, if you want to drop a bit of body fat doing CrossFit, then yeah, you need to be eating slightly less food, but you need to sometimes eat enough you to, to fuel your workout. Yeah, because some of them workouts are brutal. You know, yeah, you can come away from it feeling absolutely fine, but in six hours' time, you could be in a world. You know, you could be battered. But you'll know as well as I do. Like what I find amazing is with say, like a new client comes to you, and then you put them on a a diet. They're like, shit, I can't eat this much food. It's so much more, yeah. like more than I eaten before, but. Yeah. It, it might be in terms of volume of food, but in terms of calories, it probably it's isn't because you're not eating this like processed yeah, shit. Because a lot of people are eating convenient stuff, aren't yeah, they? Super high in fat. Yeah, of course it is. It's just high in it's just high in everything basically. Mm. It's no, there's no goodness in it whatsoever. Then all of a sudden you give them a load of volume and they can't eat it, which is good and bad in a way because one they're filled up, but two sometimes they're like, well, I can't get it all in. So yeah. actually, the, it works both ways, doesn't it? Because yeah, they don't lose weight, they're actually yeah. going to lose weight because they're eating less food, but yeah. they're actually eating more food than they ever yeah, have. Volume. And that's why I get a lot of my nutrition clients. It's like, oh my god, there's so much food. Well, yeah, great. That's, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Why are you moaning? Why are you moaning? Definitely. Yeah. Nutrition is 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 a huge thing within within CrossFit within everything, and I'm I'm massive on it at the moment. Um, from definitely a health point of view, people just need to get healthier. People. Want to do a diet because they want to lose weight? Yeah, but actually, do you want to feel healthy? You, yeah. What they need to think about is like why? What? Why do you want to lose weight? Exactly. What, what's the goal? Do you like? Do you want to be more confident? Do you want to like? What is the actual reason you yeah, want to lose weight? That's what you need to. That's why when I do someone, I sort of why, why, so, so, and I ask them why. What's your goal? Okay. Well, why is that your goal? Okay. Well, ask them again, and then so what if you don't get that goal? And then you sort of tap in again. So, so why don't? So what happens if you don't get that goal that yeah. you did want? And then you sort of actually get down to the underlying issue of why they actually want to lose weight. And you know what it is sometimes? It's like, well, actually, I've got grandchildren I want to play with them. Well, there yeah. we go then. You don't just want to lose weight. You actually want to run around in the fit. garden. Yeah, 100%. Therefore, we need to fuel your performance in the gym so exactly. you can actually train properly. Exactly. So it's... Well, a lot, of, staff a lot of people don't actually know their goals. No. They, they say they want this. You can get that out of them, but it's... Yeah, definitely. And it's... Um, like I often get the approach of like... So say, for example, that approach. So there you've got like a client, for example, who wants to be fitter and more active to run around with their grandkids. Like... In that respect, so what will happen in terms of them starting to train again? They're going to end up adding muscle tissue as well as losing yeah, body fat. So necessarily, the scales might not necessarily be dropping. That's really why quickly. I hate people weighing themselves. And then people then start freaking out, like I'm not losing weight. It's like, and I might make like really blunt response normally is, "This isn't Weight Watchers. I don't really give a shit what you weigh." Exactly. Like, respectfully, it's about how you feel, like, how you look. If you if you're if you're a bigger person and you've got weight to lose, the scales are going to be a measurable yeah. number, right? You're going to see weight change. But I say I have some people come to me. I haven't lost weight this week. How do you look in the mirror? Oh fuck, I look amazing. Well, why are we having this conversation? What's the problem, yeah. then? Yeah. How do you feel? Asked, Great. How okay, do you feel? Well, yeah, okay, so what's your performance like? Yeah, it's amazing at the moment. Like, We're winning, aren't we? Yeah. Oh yeah, but I haven't lost that one pound. So just get rid of that. Yeah. But like one pound, like, like in water retention, food. And listen, like, you could gain it. So many you variables. could gain and drop five pounds in a day yeah. easily. And I'm going for a run, let's drop five pounds right yeah. now if you're sweating enough. You know, I can also go and eat five pounds yeah. of food quite simply right now because I'm a greedy bugger. But there, there we go. And that's why I think people sometimes they freak out too much about weight and focus too much on that yeah, sometimes when definitely. it's like it's a variable you need to be aware of but that's not the only your body's very good at self-regulating itself yeah. if you fuel your body and you give your body the right stuff it'll regulate itself you know people are scared of eating fats and things like that but actually if you've got the right balance of the right fats at you're right not going to gain fat at all, at all. You know, nothing's going to get stored no. yeah, if you're eating refined sugars and processed foods and things like that if high fat high carb your, together, your body yeah. don't know how to digest that yeah. your body cannot digest it that's the problem when it cannot digest it that's when it goes into storage but if you're eating a bit, you know, if you're going into a workout, sometimes a tough crossfit environment, and have a bit of sugar beforehand, that's probably quite a good thing. But you don't necessarily need it after, no. and all the rest of the day. Do you know, do you know what I mean? It's about the. And that, that's my, my approach with like clients in general in terms of uh, diet. So like one-to-one clients is really it's like a nutrient timing approach. So I'll always push carbohydrates around yeah, when they're training because 100%. if you're taking carbohydrates in constantly, your pancreas is constantly secreting yep. insulin, which can't like. 
is ultimately going to make you your body not responsive to food when you actually need you to You want use your them. body to be responsive at the right time. Yeah. And the time you need it is to go and crush that workout because yeah. you're going to feel amazing when you do that workout. Whilst you finish that workout, yeah, replenish them a little bit, but you can fuel yourself with much more yeah. other stuff than that. Your body can survive on fats and proteins, mm. you know, it's, it's fantastic. Your body can do so many things. And that's why I find a lot of people, for example, in a conventional job or work nine to five training evenings, they'll want to have carbohydrates for breakfast. Now, for me, that, that generally is not an optimal time to have them. them because you're not working in an office job, you eat a ton of carbohydrates, yep. you then go and sit at a desk, yep. A, cognitively, like mentally, will make you feel like shit and lethargic. And also, your body's not going to utilise or need it. Well, of course, because you've eaten them carbs, you, your body automatically is going to think, well, where's the workout? Yeah. Where, where's, where's the stimulus? Yeah. And you don't give it it, and then all of a sudden, well, okay, I'm just going to feel sluggish now. Yeah. I tell you what, let's eat fats in the morning, some mm. proteins in the morning, whatever. It will help your mental performance. 100%, and you'll be in a flow state. You'll be able to flow throughout the day, yeah. and then come the evening, PM when you're about to work out, yeah, crush them carbs, go in there, kill the workout, then go home, rest and recover. Yeah, Definitely. I think... That is probably the biggest learning curve I'd say most people probably take on board is when they are aware of how much difference fueling nutrients to fueling their body to the correct time of day to what they're actually doing makes yeah. makes all the difference. That's that's the balance they need to find. They need to fuel for what they're actually doing. If you're at a desk job all day, you don't need as much fuel during that day. Whereas someone who's on the building side, for example, oh. probably gonna need a bit more food. It's even like say for example, I was in when I was in New York this week, like my step count journey at home is pretty low, but like uh, they're actually like thirty thousand steps yeah. a day. So like I can get away with eating probably another 2,000 calories down. It doesn't make any difference because exactly. my body like, exactly. is just going to turn that over. That's the biggest thing I get with people when I do their nutrition for them is, is how they feel. I want them to feel better. So when I write them, you know, write their nutrition for them, they're like, oh, right. I say, well, how do you feel? Oh, God, I feel amazing. There we go, winning, just like, you know, simple little things. How's your sleep? Oh, my sleep's amazing now. Just like, you know, winning at life. It's, it's amazing how much nutrition can make an impact on someone more than just trying to lose body fat. Interesting to talk about sleep. So one of the big things I've learned with nutrition and sleep, for example, is not eating a massive meal before bed or something that's really, like obviously really high sugar or any junk food. Uh, being in New York, I've had that a little bit the last few days. <laughs> and like my, interesting looking at my like aura ring, which tracks my heart rate yeah. and sleep. Like my sleep, like one or two nights, my heart rate jumped up to like 50 beats per minute, crazy. which normally it's like 40. Yeah. So it's like- Your body like, doesn't know what it's doing. Yeah, so your body's having a night. freak out during the yeah. night thinking, what is all this shit? Fancy's going for a run around New York quickly all the time. Yeah, yeah, literally, it's almost like that. You're like, but your body's not going to recover correctly if your heart rate's super high Definitely. when you're sleeping. But you know, also I like that, I like that sometimes because you notice the why you shouldn't do yeah. it. Yeah. Why the, you shouldn't do it. That's why I like going to the extremes yeah. of like, eat a bit of shit food, this makes you feel yeah. shit. I hate this, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, but you still like, get it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you still go back to it in a few months' time, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But no, you need to understand that, definitely, I agree with that. But yeah, eating stuff before bed, I'm not a massive advocate on it. Depending on what you're eating. Yeah. Depends on how hungry you are. If you're starving, yeah, don't, you know. It depends what your goal is, again. So everything always depends 100%. on. 100%. If your goal is maximal muscle mass, you're going to need to eat. If your goal is to get leaner, then like, probably you wouldn't, but it depends on depends on the other factors in your diet. I think if people want to get lean and people want to get shredded and things like that, they need to understand that it's going to be a short time process. Mm. Like they're going to be shredded, bang, they can go on holiday, enjoy themselves, but they need to find actually- Happy medium. Where can I, what's my happy medium going to be? You know, where can I fit whereas I'm not on the edge of- Dying. Yeah, dying because I've been starving myself and things like that, but actually I'm not stuffing my face and gaining too much. That's what people, that's what the majority of population need to find that balance. They don't, they don't, need, yeah. They, yeah, they don't need to find, oh, I'm going to get as you know, lean as possible, then I'm going to you know, maintain. Well, actually, just find maintenance now because actually you'll drop the body fat slowly. You might lose the body fat over six months, but actually... It's a sustainable process and it becomes a lifestyle learn, change. You've learned your body. Yeah. That's the lifestyle change. And that's it's all about habits. It's all about creating that little habit of saying, oh, actually, oh, I can do that now. With your own transformation, obviously, when you first lost a lot of weight, what was the, the biggest habit you first took on board, do you think? Um, 
just cutting out all crap. And it weren't it weren't all crap completely. Like it was probably once a week. I'd probably mm. still have a little treat every now and then. It was just literally eating just decent food, just yeah. no junk. Um, and it, the weight just started. Whoa! I was like, oh, shit, I've lost weight. But don't you find it amazing how your body utilizes different foods? So, if, say for example, like I will generally let myself go out the weekend and have one meal of whatever I want. Yeah. I will make sure it's like Lebanese food, Turkish food, or like yeah. something that's actually got like decent protein, decent carbohydrates, rather than Domino's and Ben and Jerry's. Because I know like. That food isn't gonna, like nothing's gonna happen to that. I'm a bit funny now, like when I go out because I want to make sure that the place I go to actually has good quality food. Yeah. Because chicken for me is with digestive problems. If I have bad quality chicken, it yeah. fucks. It plays havoc with my stomach, right? So I make sure I get all my chicken from the butchers now. I do, you fuck, do you find in the US you get a problem with that? Because a lot of their chickens bleached and chlorine. Yes and no. I mean, I don't know whether it was just a chicken or whether it was all the other junk food. I was if I'm being honest it's hard to pinpoint, like, yeah, my digestion wasn't the best, but yeah. I just make sure that when I'm over here and, yeah, if I did have a relaxed meal and things like that, you know, I, wouldn't, I don't call it a cheap meal, I call it a free meal. Yeah, so I just don't like the language. Yeah, the cheap meal, all of a sudden, it just, it just is bad association. But, yeah, definitely, I think the quality has to be there. And that's why I'm worried about where I go to certain places. Is that I know that their, their chicken is just going to be crap, yeah. it's going to be cheap and things like that. So I'm more conscious of what actually goes into my body now. Purely for the last six months, I think, prior to that, um, when I was losing all my weight, it was just eating better food yeah. and then it's sensible all, choices yeah 100% lost a load of weight bang learned a bit more information lost a load more weight bang started CrossFit lost a load more weight and yeah basically where I am at now cool just finish up uh, podcast two tips so what would be your number one tip for someone who is thinking about making a change in their life and taking action and what would be just do it just do it just do it like, like Nike said yeah just do it yeah like Nike I like Nike as well no, <laughs> just do it like Monday starters never work. Okay, just do it now. Yeah, well, why, why does it have to be a Monday? Yeah, why does it have to be January? Take accountability. Like, find out why you're going to do it. Okay, you know, if it's going to be, if it's for health reasons, bang, just do it. Like, you don't need fancy plans. You don't need X, Y, and Z in place. You just need to look at something and think, what's better, that or that. Just do it. And what, what would be your first habit you'd look to implement as well? Um, probably portion control sizing. Yeah. definitely look at the portions of the size because you, you know if you're eating generally good food but the portions are way out of control eat until you're 80% full three tips eat until you're 80% full walk 10,000 steps a day drink three litres of water every day easy basics right. that's it thank you very much pleasure Dan no um, so for anyone who wants to win a free place for show mate program if you leave a five star review on the podcast I will pick one person at random this week to win a place uh, if you're interested in any online coaching working with myself, Dan, or anyone else in the CJ coaching team, drop me a message or hit the link uh, in the bio. Any questions, uh, drop either us a message. Uh, yeah. What's your Instagram, Dan? Uh, Simmons Fitness. Simmons Fitness. So either drop Dan a message directly or myself. So uh, any other questions, fire us over that and pleasure then. Perfect. Thank you.